Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. On today's show, what does an airport have to do with James Joyce? Is Australia showing us how to do disaster not notifications? And ST Microelectronics kills us with air pressure. You'll see. All this, plus two fundings, one M&A, Tasty Delight's new book, and special guest Lalita Krishna of Chaco Locate. Hey, hey, you, you, yeah, you, I need you to focus. This is a good one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 94 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is live between Asif and I on a Saturday night. It is September 8th, 2012, and I welcome you, and Asif welcomes you. My name Rob Woodridge from Untether.tv. If you haven't checked it out, there's a little bit of a redesign. That's all I'm saying. Go to Untether.tv where you can find all the resources you need to build your mobile business. And if you're not in the mobile space, bring mobile in to make a little bit of money. With me, as always, my cohort, my my partner for 94 episodes from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Take it away. Asif Khan, Location-Based Marketing Association. You can find us at the LBMA on Twitter and also on the .com. Yeah, uh, 94 episodes, Rob. We're back at it again. Uh, another exciting show, and um, yeah, looking forward to it. We have a, a huge show. Of course, we've got our, our top five stories that Asif has assembled, has curated, has collated, has you know has deciphered and, and digested, and he's about to give you his exceptional expert insight into what's going on there. Uh, we've also got a, a great resource of the week, which is our typical thing, and this is a little interesting one. It's a book, Tasty Delight. This is, oh, it's an amazing story, and uh, Asif, man, he made the index. That's what we're going to be talking about. Got our fund we got our funding news and of course our interview of the week which is coming up soon so uh, stick around this is going to be a good episode but before we do that just want to know if there's anything going on with the location based marketing association are you guys are you heading back out on the road this week to see for you home I am no I'm uh, I'm uh, in full conference mode now so I leave uh, Wednesday and uh, Head out to Denver for the tail end of the uh, National Retail Federation Shop.org conference, uh, and then transition right into Thursday, Friday, still in Denver for the uh, M for Mobile's uh, Mobile uh, Retail Engagement uh, conference, which I'm uh, heavily involved in. Uh, four panels and all kinds of stuff going on. So. Should be lots of fun, and then uh, head over on Sunday from there to Chicago for FSMU Food Service Social Media Universe Conference. So all the restaurant chains and uh, how mobile and location and social all that comes together for them. So busy times, and then uh, yeah, so that's that's like a whole week I'm going. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Well, at least it's uh, you know at least it's not sunny California, right? It's uh, Denver and Chicago. Yes. Well, I think it's. Yeah, I, I don't need no, some. No, 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 no. We've had enough. It's good. I get, I get the permit. You get the permit. It's yes, the non-cancerous <laughs> version of that, right? Well, uh, that's good. And then uh, this is how it starts. You know, for you, you have a couple of uh, maybe uh, four weeks off over the summer, and then it just kind of picks up and ramps up. And it must be hard to be the voice of this industry, always on the road like that. It's a thankless job. We should all be sending a C for our thanks for this to create awareness yeah. for this industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> yeah. I, I made the index. Okay. I made the index. <clears throat> and on that note, yeah. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we jump right into this? It's a it's it's been a, a busy week, and there are some great stories. There's some meaty stories, and you know this is what I love is that when, when I see some of these stories come through uh, that you send off, and and uh, you know there are a few that gravitate I I gravitate naturally towards. They're usually the more of the the geekier stories. Um, but it's funny because we both love these the, the same stories, which is which is great. And there's always a few that I think uh, I end up scratching my head. So uh, there is. We got a great diversity of them. So why don't we give this? Why don't we give this a go? Let's get it. Let's get going. Let's not waste any more All time. Right. All right. So this is this is our first story. Uh, comes from overseas. Um, this is the Dublin airport working with James Joyce's Dubl Dubliners, right? And uh, and yes. you got to explain this because on one point I'm thinking, wow, this this is this is perfect. This is the coolest use of location-based technology. But it ends up being a book with a with a what? I, yeah, like a yellow sticky on it saying, "Take me," and take some photos of it wherever it's going to go. 
Take it away, Asif, because this is yeah. It's 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 an interesting combination of technologies, and, and I guess you know the the reason I pulled this one out is is we hear so much about retail, and uh, you know sort of brands and you know like you know the real consumer uh, in your face kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And this is a story about how the arts are engaging with location you know based technologies. Uh, so what you have here is the Dublin Airport Authority, as as you've already mentioned. You have the Dublin Theatre Festival, which is this, which is what this is centered around. And so, for the entire month of September, what they're doing is is they're they're basically you know hiding copies of five copies a day of uh, of Jane Joyce's uh, Dubliners uh, book uh, around the airport with a yellow sticky note on them that says "Take me, I'm free." Um, and then there's also a an, a daily audio excerpt that's coming via SoundCloud. Um, so in total, there's 150 copies of this book that are being handed out, uh, daily audio excerpts, um, and basically, you know, c combining that with Pinterest by, you know, you taking photos of this thing. And then, you know, when you do that, then you can also win tickets to the, uh, you know, to the theater production. Uh, um, you know, you can win other Penguin. Uh, uh, the book is part of Penguin's uh, publishing uh, empire, so you can win other Penguin classics. Uh, you can win shopping vouchers at the airport and other things as well. But it's really focused on building awareness for this theater production of James Joyce's Dubliners. It, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pull up here, uh, for those of you who are watching at home, on your screen, in video, which is mostly HD, close to HD, as close to HD as you get. Um, uh, you know, this is the uh, Dublin uh, Airport Authority's website at Dublin Airport, and it's or a Twitter account. And it's got, at the bottom of this, uh, what you see uh, is a... Um, a week of uh, of SoundCloud uh, clips, uh, you know, and I'll jump over to uh, SoundCloud now, and I'm going to play a clip of what you get. Um, I'm not sure when these are played or how you activate these, but take take a listen here. Every night, as I gazed up at the window, I said softly to myself the word paralysis. It sounded to me like the name of some sinful being. So uh, every day that gets played. There's a little clip like that that gets played um, or, or gets posted up onto SoundCloud. And I mean, they're using all of the social, the right social mechanisms, aren't they? They're using Pinterest, they're using Twitter, they're mm -hmm. using SoundCloud, and they're using this kind of thing, this old school thing called a book, which is really funny, I find. And all of this technology, the catalyst is a book, and you're supposed to send pictures of yourself with that book on your travels. One thing I don't get is the whole airport take. Right, you know, it, it's a it's a weird spot to do this in the middle of an airport when people are on their way out, when you're supposed to be promoting this thing that's happening in Dublin, you know. Yeah, well, and and but maybe that's you know maybe that is a part of the experience is, is that you know you arrive there and maybe you find it. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's in the arrivals area. I don't know. I don't know where these books well, actually the, are. What's interesting though is is I think that you know. You know, there's obviously some relationship between the Dublin Airport Authority and and this theater company. I mean, they, you know, the the DAA is a official sponsor of this uh, of this production. Like, I mean, they're they're one of the part, the, you know, the promotional partners for this. So, I think that's interesting. I mean, and is is it a cultural partnership? Is it you know, you know, James Joyce is when you think you know Ireland and you think literature. I mean. I, I don't think you can think of anybody else, you know, first before you think of James Joyce. So, no, absolutely not. You know, I get that, yeah. um, but you know, I don't live there. I don't know. I, you know, I'm not experiencing it. So, but but I do like the combinations of technology. I like how it's you know, find a book, you know, in a location, you know, find you know, location based audio clips connected to that. You know, post photos from where you are with that book uh, to Twitter, which then get published to, to Pinterest. You know, I like all. I'm going to pull up this. So. This is great. There's a picture you can't see it, Asif, unfortunately, but it's it's basically a a copy or a sample of the book or a copy of the book. It says, "Take me, I'm free," and it is obviously uh, in Dubai with the because uh, he's taking a picture of it with the. And I'm describing this to those who can't see it, but those who can, obviously, just you know. Turn it off for a second, but uh, he's it, he's holding it up right next to the the sail, the building that looks like a sail in in Dubai. Okay. Um, so uh, I, I think they're taking this book with them, which is, but I, I like it. But yet when I start to think about it, it's like God, you're supposed to be attracting people to 
this play, right? Not not sending them, mm-hmm. scattering them around the world. Yeah, but I, I still, I, 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 you know, the arts. Let's go with that. This is good for the arts. Go with the arts. No, it's, you know, hey, I, I applaud them for I effort. do too. James. A, a for effort. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're interested in, in following any of this stuff, it's really interesting to see where these books end up. Uh, which is which is the cool part of this as well. But just follow them at Twitter, twitter.com slash Dublin Airport, and you'll be able to follow some of these great pictures. Uh, you know, they've had uh, rugby players, soccer players carrying these things out with them, and it'll be interesting to see how many, how far it goes. But it will also be interesting to see how many people actually read the book. You know, it, pristine copies of these yeah. books floating around. But very cool. I got to hand it to the arts. Dublin Airport. I, I, I like that this is working out. So uh, James Joyce, Pinterest, Twitter, SoundCloud, Dubliners. That's a good combination. Got it. All right. Story number two. You're going to have to explain this. You're talking about bananas and uh, uh, apps and fun and, and the confusion I had about this story. This is about uh, Chiquita, Chiquita uh, bananas. But where I live, right on the corner from me, is like is this chain of hair salons called Chiquita. So <laughs> I got a little confused, which is not hard to do. But why don't you explain what this is about very briefly, and we'll we'll go from there. Yeah. So I mean, the story is centered around what Chiquita is doing with this app, but really, this it's a story about a company called Fun Mobility, uh, which is a um, you know, mobile marketing company that has effectively built a platform that is focused on rapid uh, deployment of location-based tools. Uh, for any brand, Chiquita happens to be you know one of the the brands that's you know jumped on this thing and uh, you know, and it's very low cost. It's, it's basically for for you know they say eight ninety nine a month. Uh, you can get up and running on this thing um, and and activate a bunch of widgets. So what it is is a, it's a prepackaged location based platform, you know with you know store finders, check in tools, coupons, rewards, you know all the stuff that you might want. Uh, if you were to go and build your own thing, um, and so effectively, it's just a white label platform, you know, already ready to go. Activate whatever widgets you want, and uh, you know, and, and there it is. So Chiquita's jumped on this. Uh, they branded it as Chiquita f- uh, Fan Fun. Um, you know, there's there's a leaderboard piece. There's you know you know, um, you know playing games. There's check in to win prizes. There's find the closest place where you can buy Chiquita bananas. Um, and they've got Target, Safeway, Walmart, Kroger, all you know, kind of included in this, uh, you know, in, in this first go for them. So, you know, again, this is really a story less about Chiquita and more about you know, here's a rapid deployment uh, location-based platform for any brand that wants to do, you know, do that. That makes a little bit more sense than the uh, hair salon around the around the corner. Tr- trust me. Right. It was very yeah. difficult. So they came out and said that from the moment Chiquita basically said we wanted to go with this thing until they had a fully functional app in market, you know, uh, loaded up with all the stuff they want. It took six weeks. Six weeks. You know, that mm-hmm. time is just shrinking. It's going to be even shrinking even more as we go along. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because this is where we start to see that, uh, you know, well, it's a little bit of a divergence away from somebody else's platform, like a Foursquare platform. Because you can do all this stuff on Foursquare, right? Yeah. So now sure. people want to own this themselves some way, shape, or form. And I think that... Yeah. If you want your own branded app thing uh, and you want, you know, control over what functionality is in, in that app and what widget you want to turn on or not. Uh, and it's it's iPhone and Android, by the way. Um, no no so, BlackBerry. Yeah. So there you go. No BlackBerry, no Windows. So check out uh, Fun Mobility. Is the Funmobility.com. Go check them out. And uh, yeah, they have a great website, very informative. Fun Mobility. And uh, Chiquita. Now I want bananas. I need a haircut, but now yeah. I want I want bananas. I like bananas. All right, third story. Uh, talk about a, 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 a story whose time has come. This is something that I would have expected, uh, you know, many, many, many uh, carriers and governments to want to do. We're talking about Vodafone and Telstra uh, working on a location-based disaster notification alert system through SMS. Um, and I think that this is... Uh, this this should be standard, shouldn't it be by by now? Or are we just entering this era of of uh, SMS and location and that kind of uh, that kind of notification system? No, I agree. I, I mean, I, I think it should be standard everywhere. Uh, I think the challenge with this kind of stuff is you have you know different jurisdictional rules going on all over the place uh, from you know regulatory bodies whether it's the FCC or CRTC here in Canada or, or whatever it is this is in Australia we're talking about um, 
you know, around, you know, you know, what sort of information is actually usable out of, you know, a consumer's device from, you know, figuring out where they are, you know, from an E911 perspective or, you know, emergency services perspective, which is what we're talking about here. So, yeah, so this is cool. I mean, I think it, SMS makes sense here. You're talking about triangulation off of cell towers um, to figure out position. Um, and, uh, you know, I think this is a good combination, you know, Vodafone and Tel Telstra. I mean, these are, you know, the two big players or two of the big players in, in the Australian market coming together and saying, yeah, I mean, we're, this, this is now available. And, and if there's a problem, there, if there's, and it's not just for, for people who are there. This is for tourists. This is for everybody coming in. You know, if you're going into an area, you know, in Australia and, you know, there's severe drought conditions or whatever forest it is. Forest fires, uh, whatever, you know, yeah fourth fires you'll get alerts about those kinds of things you know it's it's an interesting it's an interesting play because um what's the process first first what was really interesting about this is is that they had to wait for government approval which is an interesting thing i guess that's for the privacy uh label around this yeah right? and then then the second thing I, I wonder is how do you sign up for this because i know you know oftentimes i've done a lot of traveling you've done a lot of traveling i go to foreign countries um foreign countries i go to developing nations and and what what people recommend you do is go and sign in if you're going to go and do anything you know i climbed mount rinjani a bunch of volcanoes in indonesia and one of the things that they they suggested you do is go to your local consulate and sign in and just let them know you hey i'm here i'm on my way yeah. to mount rinjani it's this i'm going to do it on these three days and if you don't hear from me that's pretty much the last place you should be looking for the first place you should be looking for me the last place i was and so right. I wonder if it's the same thing here is that you, you, you land in, in Australia, they say, hey, text this, uh, text your phone number here or text, you know, whatever it is, um, whatever their short code is, and we'll know that you're here and what, and then we'll send you messages when things get, get bad or get ugly in, in the areas that you're going to based on your location. It's got to be that simple, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, as I was reading this story, though, I, I, was, I was trying to understand... You know, like there's definitely some kind of regulatory issues going on here, and I, and I think this this is part of the issue in other uh, countries as well. So so this falls under something called the National Emergency Alert System, which is a a program run by by the by the federal government, obviously um, emergency management um, you know ministry of the Australian government. And and as a carrier, apparently you have to apply to be part of this program. You don't just you know you can't just automatically participate in it so so basically Vodafone and Telstra have have you know received approval to be part of this national alert system whereas uh, as I was reading this thing uh, Optus which is another carrier there has their own system but they're not part of this national uh, system so it, yeah I suppose in that way it would be what uh, you, you know it would be almost like an advertising vehicle that that Optus would be using. Well, I, I think I think it comes down to the, I mean, th there's probably some cost elements to this too, yeah. right? I mean, in terms of uh, you know the, the, usage, you know, the cost yeah. of of pushing out that SMS message and, and who bears that cost, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it seems so simple, like it should be just ubiquitous. Like if you think about um, hurricanes and if you think about uh, forest fires that are happening, you know, August and September in North America are kind of hurricane and forest fire months, right? The, mm -hmm. the heat of the summer and especially this summer, it's been dry. It's a tinderbox out there. Um, but then you've also got uh, hurricane season and uh, the warnings that happen, uh, you know, in the Gulf Coast. And so you start to think about that. And, and the, this this mechanism is true and is, is perfect. SMS is perfect because it's ubiquitous. Every phone accepts SMS messaging these days. Uh, you know, you don't have to have a yeah. smartphone. So I hope to see much more of this happening. Well, I, I mean, I don't understand how you can't you can't get this kind of stuff going when, when you know this makes a ton of sense. But you, we, we it's easy for us to get SMS spam. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, I've won nine iPads this week. I know. So uh, it's, it's so, amazing. You know, we're on the same. We're on the same. And list. then uh, you know what I did? It just as a, as a side. I, so I, I I went up to Twitter and I said, who do who, who do I complain about this? And I got like the usual CRTC. And I'm like, well, what do I just call and leave a message? No. Um, but somebody said, okay, so text this to Rogers and the and the offending phone number. And then all of a sudden I started getting like I got 15 text messages from Rogers selling me phones. Like, nice. yeah, nice. nice, Rogers, you stink. How do we get there? Vodafone, Telstra, you know, helping uh, spread the word about disasters in Australia. Government approval. This should be cool to watch. And hopefully, what we see is we start to see this rolling across countries. And and I think that um, you can trust your government with your location, right? 
right? Yeah, uh, I can. I don't know. I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. That's that's right. our third story. Now the next story, I really yeah, like. this is this is one of the one of the coolest stories uh, that I think that we've come up with, and it has to do with a company that builds chips, which is a weird thing to talk about here. But this is a story. This is a company called ST Microelectronics. They've announced a 3D location sensing chip. Now, what's so great about this, Asif? Oh, it's that it's 3D, and it's not like you're in 3D. It's it it explain it because you know what I, I I'm I'm blown away by this, especially uh, altitude. I, I absolutely love yeah. this altitude piece. So walk us through this. Yeah. So so basically, what what they're talking about when they talk about 3D is for the most part when we you know everything that we've talked about on, on this show up until now really. Uh, when we th when we think about location based or determining somebody's location, you know, for the most part, if we're talking apps, we're talking using the GPS chip in that device to figure out somebody's location. If we're talking indoor, maybe we're talking Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. We could be talking cell towers to triangulate, but at the end of the day, we're talking about a Latin along uh, a position from that perspective. Uh, a one dimension. This is a one dimensional. Eh? This is a one dimensional position. Right, it's like yeah, one-dimensional position. Now, what these guys have, have built is a chip that basically, you know, looks at uh, pressure, air pressure, okay, uh, to figure out your altitude, okay, and and, th and this is really really important um, kind of stuff. And, and every, every device, every smartphone is going to have to have this kind of thing in it going forward. And I'll, and, and I'll explain why this is so important. Especially, you know, we talked about we talked a lot about indoor location the last you know couple of months on the show. You know, there was that report that came out. We had it as a resource, I think, one of the weeks that said that the next billion-dollar market is going to be indoor location. Okay. But when you think indoor location and you think about, you know, determining somebody's location inside of a shopping mall or in an office building uh, and you're trying to push them content or an offer or a deal or whatever it is, right, if you actually know what floor they're on, or you know whether they're on the you know they're riding the escalator or the elevator in the shopping mall or whatever the case might be you know they're, they're going up or down um, you know that can totally change you know the content that you're going to position. Think about a shopping mall, even if it's two levels. Okay, we've got lots of those here in Ontario where I am. Two level shopping malls. Okay, great. So you know if I know you're on the ground floor and you're walking by you know the um, you know the the the, the drugstore. Great, I can push you some content for that. But if you're actually on the floor above the drugstore, and you know you're in front of the, uh, you know the uh, the Gap. Well, let me push you stuff about the Gap, right? I mean, do you know what I mean? Like it, it's you know having that altitude, you know that, that additional element is uh, is going to be really really important uh, when we start to get really finite about what where somebody is. Now that that's what's so unique about this is that uh, you know the the first generation of technologies are about putting sensors or or something that identifies you're on the first floor versus the second floor and and here is a chip that actually detects air pressure to give you basically to determine how high off the ground you are and to, yeah. to determine your altitude and and that's that's what is really cool here is that you know they rethought the problem and. Yep. And and uh, made it so that they've created this this chip that fit, fits into can fit into phones obviously low low uh, battery and uh, low battery consumption low power consumption, but what they did is they rethought the problem. They thought this is you know nobody's gonna the 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 challenge to adoption for people putting sensors and putting Wi-Fi hubs and and nodes and and all nooks and crannies to be able to get a good vis get good visibility on so on somebody's uh, location is that it's not going to happen in every mall. It's not going to happen in every location because it's too costly and they're not interested in that. So here, here's an opportunity based on just rethinking the problem, putting this challenge in front of somebody like this and, and then coming up with something that says, well, you know what? The air pressure is different on the first floor than, than it is on the second floor. And this can go down to, I think it's, uh, you know, half of the deepest uh, in the ocean. It can go down, as, uh, you know, I think it's 1,500 meters and it can go up to about 10 times. Yeah. Uh, what was it? I don't want to use the numbers wrong here, but it, it goes. It, it's 260 millibars, which uh, is uh, about 10 kilometers in, uh, yeah. in, in yeah. height, um, down to uh, 1260 millibars, which is uh, 1800 meters below sea level. So that, that's what it can tell, and, and it can literally—it's so sensitive—it can tell. You know, it says here literally almost to the step. 
you know, what step you're on. And I, I find that yeah. that's incredible. No, it's crazy. And all of this in a three by three millimeter yeah. uh, size, chip. you know, chip um, in a smartphone or in a watch or, or, or anything. It changes the, it changes. Uh, and they've already, by the way, they've already got this in, in some Samsung devices. Yeah. So, but that changes everything. Like I, I, you know, that, that, yeah. that's what we mean by three dimensional. It's not a hologram. It's not any of that garbage. It's quite literally, it is, it's left and right and up and down. And, and uh, I think that that is, uh, is, is amazing. So ST microelectronics, if like, just Google this. This is a pretty cool tool. Just Google 3D location yeah. sensing chip from ST Microelectronics, and uh, and and this is this is what we're th this is what gets us excited. I saw the story and I was like, wow. Yeah. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll reach out to these guys too. We should try and get them yeah, on the show so. to talk about it yeah, in some more detail. All right, now we can stop gushing because our fifth story. Maybe this isn't so exciting, but uh, Neiman Marcus heard of them? Big 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 retail chain, Neiman Marcus. Yeah. It's a company called Visa partnering up on SMS deals. That's all I gotta say. Location-based SMS deals. <laughs> That's all you're gonna say. No, it's um, not. I got more. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting. So, so they, uh, Neiman Marcus and Visa, um, launched a program called NM Buzz. Oh, it's uh, such a terrible. Uh, NM being oh, Neiman Marcus. So bad. Um, so customers enroll in this thing. Um, they have to have a Visa account and a mobile phone number to uh, to participate in this, and uh, it's Visa's. Uh, uh, mobile messaging system or SMS uh, messaging platform that's uh, that's being used here, um, and basically what happens is is you know you connect your Neiman Marcus account with your Visa account and you can get deals sent to you um, that are connected to your Visa. So it's not unlike the Foursquare Amex relationship, except that it's only Visa and Neiman Marcus. I mean, that's basically how I see it. Yeah. And the difference is, is that the deals are promoted via SMS as opposed to you have to discover them in the app. Yeah, this is... Uh, okay, so you got Visa and you got a company like Neiman Marcus and you're partnering and the whole goal here is, you know, they, they cite this example. Say say like you're, you're at a store that's near a Neiman Marcus store and you buy something with your Visa, then you'll get an instant text message saying, hey, don't forget about Neiman Marcus. It's like, God, it's, it's intrusive. It doesn't, it, it, I mean, it goes against everything that we've talked about, I think, here. I think that the effort, A for effort, but what they should be doing is doing the automatic uh, um, couponing and automatic discounts at the, at the checkout with Visa and then notifying them that, you, hey, listen, you know what? Because of your, you, you've tied your Visa to your Neiman Marcus account, you bought something here, then guess what? We've already applied the 15% discount and do a, do a nice little, uh, you know, uh, level up, which is, hey, the next time you come in, We'll give you a five percent for for doing this. So incentivize people to come who are already buying, who are already customers, who are already who are already embedded in or part of the Neiman Marcus purchase process. Don't yeah. don't interrupt me because I'm at a Starbucks. I use my Visa and it's like, oh, guess what? Neiman Marcus around the corner. Oh, you know, you're right. That's where I was heading. Not. So I think that this is a good effort. I, the challenge is obviously that it's only Visa, it's only Neiman Marcus, and uh, it's only smartphones or SMS. Like you know, there's there's much more that they could be doing here. But I really like the idea of partnering with a credit card company because, as we know, who owns the relationships? Yeah. credit card companies. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I can talk all about the you know the uh, the laurels of simplifying the redemption process yes. and simplifying yeah. the notification process, uh, you know, for the consumer by connecting to a credit card company. I totally get that. And you know, and I, 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 you know, Visa is doing lots of fantastic things right now in this space. You know, they launched their their V dot Me um, wallet, which is their wallet. Um, you know, they got a partnership with Buy dot com. Uh, they put out there recently. Um, they've agreed to connect also into the Google Wallet platform. So you know, Visa's all over uh, this stuff right now. Um, so you know, from their perspective, this is just one of you know a gazillion things that they're doing. From the Neiman Marcus side of things. You know, I, th I think they uh, they need to be doing more. Um, you know, they did do a Foursquare campaign last year uh, as well, so they are trying some things. But you know, I'm not sure that, um, as you put it, interrupting the uh, the consumer in this way is 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 the best thing for them. You know, as opposed to you know more of a loyalty play. Yeah, bring people in the store. You know, uh, or uh, you, you know, there's certain goals from a retailer's perspective, and you know, uh, listen to listen to what you say, listen to what Doug Stevens says over at Retail Profit. Uh, you, when you've got somebody in the store, you you're trying to increase basket size, or you're trying to get them back into the store. I mean, those should be your only goals, right? Either sell them one more product, which is an impulse buy, or get them to come back tomorrow or the next day, or when they need yeah. something, 
get them to incent them to come back and that's not always a discount but that's loyalty and and you want that you don't want the you know the flyby shopper who's going to come in once what you want is to create those relationships and i think that all retailers neiman marcus included should be thinking this way bring people back to your store don't interrupt them in somebody else's store bring them back right make them aware of that and and the only thing here that i'm a little bit leery about is purchasing patterns on visa i mean what is their um you know their privacy policy around uh, anonymizing this data and then allowing the retailer like Neiman Marcus to, to uh, customize SMS messages based on somebody's purchase price say, say yeah. purchase pattern say like you know they bought gloves over here but you know did you know that Neiman Marcus has scarves that match that glove you know those gloves and it, it, we'll, we're willing to give you a 10% yeah. discount to get you in the door so this is where it gets a little bit murky for me because on one hand as a as a capitalist I love that I would love to get you know absolutely uh, precise honed SMS messages about something that I need based on my purchase behavior as a guy who's paranoid about giving up too much information and privacy that would scare the crap out of me so uh, you know th these kind of relationships I think are gonna come and and, and flow but but uh, this is you know Visa has an insane amount of data like this and uh, their inference data just alone is artificial intelligence like already and they can predict what people are gonna buy and when they're gonna buy it so how does that play into Neiman Marcus and are they using that in order to be able to bring retailers in so many questions man that we're not gonna get answered which is typical right yeah. I agree it's uh, you know but but uh, again I, I think this is a uh, you know, a, a good move for Visa, you know, part of a, a whole, uh, you know, slew of things that they're doing in, in mobile and location. Um, so, you know, good on them. Neiman Marcus, step it up. Start. Uh, you know, I think is how I'd wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, look for the loyalty play there. And, um, you know, I, I'd love to hear what Neiman Marcus is going to do around, uh, you know, uh, mobile payments and, um, you know, check out. Yeah. Are they, are they going to do, you know, what uh, our good friend at JCPenney is yeah. going to do? Um, you know, and, and kind of go completely mobile checkout. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that yet, but uh, or something like aisle buyer. Know, love, right? love to hear their thoughts around that as well and how that fits into the mix. So anyhow, well, can I just uh, and let me finish with this with with Visa because uh, here, here's a perfect example. You mentioned it very early on when we started talking about this this, this story about uh, 38 or 40 minutes ago. Um, Visa is using their own SMS gateway to push this out, this content mm -hmm. out, which is really interesting to me because, you know, is this a sign of what the credit card companies need to do to combat the carriers that are going to get into the payment space and the other uh, payment uh, systems like Square, who, you, you know, who, who people are, are going with like Starbucks. So I wonder, you know, how much of a play is this as a value-added service for visa, for for merchants yeah. to, to to stay with Visa Direct, and, and I know they're just a, a you know basically a, a front for this, but I wonder if this is this is part of that, and the data that Visa has on the purchase patterns. I wonder if that has a lot to do with it. And I'd love maybe we get uh, you know Tom Purvis back on and and talk about what's going on with Visa and this, uh, and because I think that this is this is an interesting development for credit card companies when they're running their own SMS gateways like this. All right. We murdered that story. All right. Those are the top five stories. How did we do? We, we, I mean, we covered everything. We got some culture and some art and some technology and some retail. Man, we got, uh, you know, a uh, pressure sensing uh, chip that goes into cell phones to tell you what your elevation is. My God, I don't think they get any better than that. Nice job, Asif, everybody. And we, we even sort of went around the world. We had Australia. We did. You know, Ireland, the U.S. Yeah. You know, we're, you Where's know? Canada in this? We're circling the globe. Canada's coming up somewhere, yeah. I think. Yeah, in the funding. In the funding, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is a global. It is a global play here. Well, listen, if you uh, like those stories, you didn't like those stories, if you felt that we missed a few of those stories, if your story is coming up next week, reach out on tether at gmail.com or see at thelbma.com, and we will talk about you. Good or bad, be weary. Be careful what you send us. <laughs> it, could, it could fall on our good day or on our bad day, but... Uh, these are great stories this evening. As always, I really appreciate you putting those together. And hopefully you guys out there do as well. Send Asif an email message to thank him for doing that. Well, it's that time, Asif. Time for our interview segment. And this time we go back, actually not to the vaults, not that far back. In episode number 86 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing, we, we talked about a company called Choco Locate Media. It's a Toronto-based company that had an app that actually allowed you to locate some of the 
finest purveyors of chocolate, real true chocolate um, across, around the world, basically. And this was a location-based app. And I, I got together with uh, the founder of this company, Lalita Krishna. And what, what we started off talking about was a location-based marketing app, but what we really found out was it was a deeper, 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 deeper marketing plan for her documentary, uh, Semi Sweet, which is all about, you know, um, making chocolate. It was very cool to see this. And, and this is a segment around that, around how she leveraged the app to actually create an audience and awareness for her documentary. Unbelievable. This is up on, the full interview is up on untether.tv. You can go and check it out there. But this is about a six and a half minute segment where she talks about how she leveraged mobile and the web to create an audience for her documentary. I hope you enjoy this. This is Lalita Krishna, who is the founder of Choco Locate Media. Here she is. Do you think that your audience who saw Semi Sweet um, are the same audience that are using the app or are you exposing it to two different audiences? This this whole, um, you know, you're you're basically a purveyor of fine chocolates and then you're right uh, on the on the app side and and the documentary is, is something that uh, kind of goes a little bit deeper into 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 how this is developed but are you are you going after two different audiences you know that's that's a really interesting question because in in many ways we build an audience for the documentary through our app and through the website oh. because the app and website have been ongoing in a beta phase almost a year before the documentary was released and in this process we were continuously you know chatting with the uh, with our audience we've got a lot of social media up you know we've got uh, fans on facebook and we've got a twitter account and we are um, so we we were able to create a sense of anticipation for the documentary and it you know and we we got amazing just unbelievable press media coverage and um, you know, resulted in you know record viewership for TV Ontario, who is a provincial um, broadcaster, and um, you know they're thrilled because we were able to bring everything together for the big launch, you know, on television. You know, that's that's a really. I'm just making a note here. That, I mean, that's a really interesting uh, perspective, right? Because uh, when when I your 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 point about the audience uh, before this was that listen, if you, these big major motion pictures have an audience already. I mean, these guys are, um, they, they come stoked with an audience. Like you've got Spider-Man or Superman fans. Um, but but with you guys, it was, uh, you, you leveraged this technology, this mobile technology, this social media technology to build an audience prior to actually getting the, the, uh, the documentary out the door. Um, ha have you ever seen, in all of your experience, have you ever seen an opportunity like this where you can reach the audience and help it shape your documentary as opposed to put out the documentary to an established waiting group of fans and then try to market the hell out of it which is typically what happens isn't it absolutely that's exactly what happens and typically what happens too is that um, people think about doing the transmedia extensions after they've made their documentary right. so they'll make the right. film and then they'll say you know I'll let me take all my extras you know the 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 stuff that didn't that sort of got left behind on the cutting floor and I'll put it all on this website or let me start building an audience base those that's changing now people are aware that as they begin their documentary they must start so in the case of um, semi sweet and chocolate locate we actually consciously started work on all three platforms right at on in January 2011 and um, you know I had funding for my uh, documentary. We'd done the research. We'd, uh, we'd we'd done our trailer. We've done everything. We could have started at least three or four months before we actually did. But I wanted to make sure that you know we had everything lined up for all three platforms. So we literally started all three platforms together. And of course, it takes a lot less time to do uh, the website and the mobile. And plus, it it's a work in progress. So it, as I said, we keep updating and it continues. So we were able to actually do our beta launch in July of 2011 and, you know, started getting media attention almost right away, right off the bat. So we were able to tell people, there's a documentary coming. So everybody was like, when's the documentary out? And then as we started our interviews and started cutting pieces together, I was able to tease people by putting a few things on the website. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of engagement now with our characters, which is really unusual for a documentary. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that. A lot of times 
the the documentary is out and then the app is is, is submitted to the app store and, and waiting and I, I see this quite a lot and it's a seems to be a big mistake for for documentary especially independent documentary filmmakers that you can you you, you know you made a good point there is that it's really easy to build a website and an app compared to actually creating a documentary <laughs> right so start start with the basics and start with a very beginning understanding and then you could literally quite quite literally um, build an audience before and build the anticipation prior to that. And I think that that's the big point here is that that these tools are available. You can you can actually you know a tactic that I've seen very effectively is is um, you know target do a little bit of a mobile advertising target these little the you know put a little banner ad on some apps that you think is your target demographic and then go out and 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 uh, and advertise before and see what the response rate is and see if there's a demand for that kind of stuff. And, and I think that that's what you're doing with, with this. I, I think it's so fascinating to, to build the audience before you there's actually launch one. the documentary. And that was Lalita Krishna, the founder of a company called Choco Locate Media. Go to choco-locate.com. Really appreciate her uh, being a part of Untether.tv, allowing us to use that clip for this week in location-based marketing. All right, now it's that time, the joyous time, M&A and funding, a money being exchanged hands one way or another. One way or another. You're either getting money, well, both ways you're getting money, I suppose. You're getting money and some, uh, some pressure, or you're getting money and an exit on your way to the beach. Right, that's what the M and A and funding section is about. The first one, really interesting company, yeah, called Perk. Like at first blush, this does not seem like any different from any of the other companies that are out there trying to help uh, restaurants, uh, you know, grow and maintain their their clientele. But it is a little bit different. They raised a little bit of cashola, didn't they? They did. So they uh, they got 1.2 million from Rally Capital, which is the company who originally uh, funded them. So in total, they're up to 3.2 now. Uh, you know, all from Rally. Uh, Rally is a uh, is a fund that's uh, headed up by uh, Dennis uh, Weebling, I think is how you say his name, uh, and he's he's the former uh, CEO of Nextel. Um, so you know, there's there's a guy with some pedigree. Running that one, um, yeah, and you know, Perk, Perk's an interesting company. They, you know, they're they're focused on that uh, on that restaurant uh, segment again. The same segment I'll be uh, talking to in Chicago in the next uh, next week or so. And um, you know, these guys, one one of the things that kind of put them on the map early on. Uh, and again, we're talking about funding here, so I don't I don't want to talk too much about the company, but. You know, just out of interest, you know, one of the things that first put these guys on the map was they did a deal with Apple uh, where, you know, if you were an Apple employee, you got special deals, uh, you know, via, via Perk, um, you know, and, and for the restaurants that were near their uh, the Apple uh, campus in Cupertino. So it was kind of interesting. But, um, yeah, well, there you go. What I, what I like about Perk. Really, you know, at first blush, I got, I read it. I'm like, oh, another one of these things. It's P I R Q, by the way, P I R Q dot com, is uh, you know uh, another retail, uh, another um, couponing or discounter or loyalty um, uh, app. But these guys are focusing on that time frame that are typically downtimes for restaurants, right? You know, between two and five, they're trying to incent footfall activity inside the restaurants during that period of time where it's typically not good. So they're they're doing heavy discounts between two and five, and and they're working with their clientele to be able to do that. And that's what I like about this is this excess inventory piece, right? We've talked about this so many times, and I think that this is one of those plays that that's what's so interesting about Perk. And they're now they're moving it also. They're taking some of this funding and moving it into, you know, expanding their industries that they're in away from. You know, keeping obviously with the restaurants, but also looking at retail and, and other industries to be able to help them drive footfall and activity into their stores. And I think that that's that's what really got me with these guys. I'm impressed. I want to get these guys on for a long interview on Tether.tv to talk about how they did it, how they how they managed to buck this and and uh, and pick this yeah, space. Yeah, and we'll talk about these guys in more detail. Yeah. I think another yeah. time. Uh, you know, when we're not kind of bringing them up because of funding. Yeah. But one one thing that did did come out related to this funding announcement is is that they announced a a punch card system. Um, you know, for tracking loyalty and repeat visits, uh, you know, a la, you know, a punch card. But what's really unique about it, and they've actually filed a patent around this, and, and again, I, I want to dig into this uh, at, at some other time, but basically you can use the punch card whether you have a smartphone or not. Yeah. Uh, 
which is really, and really by SMS, interesting. Right? So you, you have the app and you can track repeat visits and see how, you know, how often you're going and, you know, are you, you know, like a level up, you know, are you, are you earning more as you go? But if you don't have that, you can get the, effectively the same functionality purely via SMS. SMS. Yeah, and, and like that's, I like what these guys are doing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, Anyhow, so there you go. Perk. Perk. 1.2 million from Rally Cap. And if you've never heard of them, man, just go check them out. P-I-R-Q.com. Perk. Perk. Even their name, a four-letter uh, domain name. All right. Second story. Uh, this, uh, you know, boy, oh boy, is this ever a lesson in for media companies everywhere? Uh, I, I, I truly believe that newspapers and media outlets and all these guys are be, have to become commerce engines. This is I, I've been talking about this for months. Commerce engines they have to be enabling. They can't just be advertisers. A dumb display is dead. They just don't know it yet. There's a cliff coming in the next two to three years for display advertising. Stupid display. And I, I believe what uh, Gannett did with Keyring, which is our second story, it's a it's an acquisition, is a sign of things to come. And companies out there, big big national chains in Canada, the United States, this is something that I would be looking at very closely to see how this works out. Because uh, Gannett, who do they own? They own like the the. Uh, well, I mean, they, they own everybody, don't they? Uh, USA yeah, Today, small 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 newspaper called USA Today. Talk about this because I, I know we're in agreement here, right? This is this is. They have yeah. to do this. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, and, and Gannett is obviously, you know, they, they spent some time over the last, you know, year or, or more, you know, figuring out their mobile strategy, their digital strategy. Uh, they've been mapping that out. You know, somewhere in that plan was, you know, we need one of these, one of these, one of these, and one of these. Because they've been out, uh, you know, like, you know, starting to buy up these companies and rolling them in and integrating this stuff. So um, this is actually their second acquisition in in like as many weeks. Uh, so they um, a few weeks ago they bought a company called Blink, uh, an advertising company called Blink, for ninety two million dollars. Um, and then this week they bought uh, you know uh, Mo Mobistream Media, which is the maker of Keyring. Uh, um, I didn't see any numbers on that one, but. Uh, uh, but but it's interesting. So I mean, the, this is Keyring is a it's a mobile app. Uh, it's a um, for, you know intended for consumers to sort of consolidate all your loyalty cards and reward cards and coupons into one into one sort of wallet, so to speak. Key one Keyring, uh, as the name implies. Um, you know, so it, it's you know this is the kind of thing that you know every you know, every you know sort of newspaper company needs to be looking at. Yeah, I'm I'm fully in agreement with you. Yeah, this 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 was a great buy. Uh, whether or not Keyring is the company, um, you know, that's going to take them there to the promised land. I don't know how many customers they have. I know very little about Keyring, but the 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 idea that they're looking this way to for customer acquisition and enhancing, and that's the big thing. They got these advertisers. You've got to turn every one of those ads that they have in your whatever magazine, newspaper, what into a transaction. That's the that's the bottom line for these for these outlets now, and I think that uh, what uh, Gannett just did with Keyring is exactly yeah. that. Man, creating a loyal like uh, newspapers out there. Look at what these guys did. Keep a close eye on on uh, on what what the results are because I think this is a a huge trend. Things to come, and I think that this is a very uh, this is a very forward thinking play by uh, by Gannett. Big fan of this. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other nice thing too is is that they're they're going to let let it continue yeah. to operate as its own yeah. business. Of course, uh, you know, and then just leverage, and then just leverage it as a platform on behalf of the Gannett property. Well, you start to right? think, you, um, you know, they're they're not, you know, bringing it in house and breaking it up and you know, killing it. No, uh, you're gonna let it go. So uh, I it's like a it. feed. Like, think about it. it's a feed for uh, for clients. Like, like this is what you want. You want small and medium sized enterprises. How do you do that? Newspapers. The USA Today is too expensive to advertise, and here's a perfect way to leverage that network. So, uh, yeah, everything about this just fills me with joy. So maybe there's going to be yeah. one newspaper left. Actually, the New York Times and the Wall Street and and uh, and the USA Today. Maybe the Wall Street Journal. All right, that's the second story. Gannett acquires Keyring. If you're interested in Keyring, just go to keyringapp.com and take a look at what these guys do. I definitely have to get those guys on. Man, they're so so good. This content is so rich and it's free. I see. This is where we should we should put the paywall up right now. Like, we just stop talking. You can yeah. only you, you just got to send us a little bit of money for us to continue. Yeah. Awkward silence. Yeah, you know, just twenty five cents of you. That's, that's all we want. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. 
Ah, that's the old school. That's our homage to the newspaper industry. Thank you. Scene. <laughs> okay. Our last story. All right. Last, what, our last story. Uh, yeah, one last. Uh, this, this company called uh, Snapply. Uh, a little, a little Canada. A little Canada, and uh, you know, I don't know. I can't help but say that this is inspired by another little Canadian company that used to be a monstrous Canadian company that is now a little Canadian company called Rim. But uh, I'll tell you, like, talk about. They raised a million bucks to basically help throttle or help reduce the amount of data you consume on these on your on your smartphone. Yeah. Um... You know, so it's a million bucks coming from Greylock Partners, Index Ventures, and uh, an angel named uh, Klaus Hummels. Uh, I, you know, some guy who's uh, apparently uh, this the same angel is uh, was into Skype, Facebook, and Spotify. Um, so you know, he's doing all right. Um, uh, that's a, that's a you know that's a good thing. Klaus, if you're listening. We got some great properties here, Rob and I. You know, we we could use a few shekels. So, I'm for sale. Anyhow, I'm I'm 100 yeah. percent for sale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so a million bucks to uh, to help uh, Snapply uh, grow a bit bigger. Uh, as you said, this is a company that's all about minimizing uh, the amount of data that's used while you're browsing or using apps on your smartphones. Um, something uh, that you're quite right, Rim's been doing all along. Uh, but we're not talking about Rim uh, devices here. We're talking about iPhones. Yeah. Um, and, and so they're trying to optimize that for the iPhone. I mean, it sounds like it's something like a, you know, that Apple should just buy and build in. I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, this is you know all the complaints, not the complaints. I suppose that what what um, early days during the smartphone revolution, RIM was really about this. It was about uh, minimizing the amount of data that we consumed uh, through these devices. And it, and uh, that was one of their tenets for these things is that for yeah. corporate wise, anyways, your, your data costs are going to be lower and significantly lower as a result of the knock and the system that, that RIM used. So, it, you know, and, and that's what ended up hurting it quite significantly when it, uh, when it, you know, the smartphone market emerged. But that's what that's what it does. You're on you're on uh, the rim knock, and uh, basically what it does is it 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 shrinks the amount of data that you consume as a result. It goes through this, and uh, yeah. oh, we know what happens when it goes down. Um, but but it's funny that Snapply and I, and I think the key difference here though between Snapply and what Rim obviously was doing uh, via their knock is, is that th this is more consumer right. focused in helping the consumer understand you know on an app by app basis you know how much data you know is moving uh, from that perspective so you know they're basically giving you tools so as an individual user uh, so that you can see a breakdown of you know how much you know this particular website you're trying to browse uh, you know is costing you how much this particular app right now is costing you you know, from a data uh, flow perspective. Pretty so, cool. You know, it's, I like that, especially for a guy like me who travels a lot and data roaming kills me every every time I, uh, I go anywhere. Um, you know, this is the kind of thing that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, that's the next thing that somebody has to battle, data roaming charges. Yeah. I, I, this is a this is a cool thing. I mean, I have a six-gig plan with Rogers, and uh, I, I don't – I very rarely – um, actually reach a, a threshold where I get nervous about the amount of data that I consume. And I am yeah. a, uh, I say consume, 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 baby, when it comes to bandwidth. It means that you're, you're uh, you know, ho hopefully getting as much as you can out of these devices. And I do. So, but if you're interested, just go to snapply.com, S-N-A-P-P-L-I.com. And they raised a million bucks from some heavyweights. Yeah, I don't know why that guy just doesn't buy an island or something like that and go and retire. You've, you've had, you've done okay. It's okay to slow down a little bit, mm -hmm. yeah. but maybe not. All right, funding, M&A, good stories here, great stories. Perk, Keyring, Snapply, what do you got? Did you get some funding? Are you getting some funding? Has it closed but you haven't told anybody? Do you want a way to release that information? Man, we are here for you to do that. Reach out. You know our email addresses at this point, untethergmail.com or at thelbma.com. Or you can send Rob at untether.tv. I don't care. Just reach out. We want to hear from you. We want to put your story right. We wanted to replace the Snapply story with yours. And now I'm disappointed that we didn't. <laughs> All right. Okay, now, here we are. We're almost done. Our resource of the week. Alluded to it a little bit before. Um, this is one of those things where it all came together with me uh, when uh, you brought this book for The Tasty Delight Way. This is a book about uh, absolute... Yes... For those of you who can't there see it, it wait, keep it there, keep it, it there. I'm going to zoom in a little way. bit. There we go. 
yeah, the Tasty Delight way. Um, this is a, uh, a stellar book, obviously, for no other reason other than maybe the, the writing's okay, but Asif gives a good review of it in the book, and he's in the index, not one, not two, not three. Four times, folks, four times. Yes, four times. Talk about the book, man, because this is, we uh, should be... Phenomenal book. I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 could, I could, you know what I'll do? I'll actually read you my <laughs> I was gonna So, say. you know, I, I read this book um, as, you know, as it was being uh, written, um, as often is the case by many of the reviewers. What we need to do is and, we need to set the lighting um, right. You know, I'll, I'll just make a quick comment yeah. on it, first of all. So this is Tasty, the Tasty Delight way. If you don't know Tasty Delight, I'll just quickly say who they are. So they're a frozen yogurt uh, franchise chain, uh, mostly in the northeast U.S. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, like very, very successful, known uh, especially for uh, being very forward-thinking on social and mobile and location, uh, which is why they wrote a book about it. Uh, they were one of the very first to ever uh, partner with Foursquare uh, early, early on uh, and kind of build that out with case studies. They've been all over the TV uh, on every news channel in the U.S. talking about it. Um, so, you know, very, very success, successful company in using uh, social and mobile and location technology. B.J. Emerson is their technology guy. He's the co-author of this book along with uh, uh, James Amos, who's the uh, chairman and CEO of Taste of Delight. Uh, so the two of them together wrote this book. But I'll read you my review because, uh, because I think it's uh, it says it all. It says, here's what I wrote. The Tasty Delight Way is an invaluable resource for marketers and operators alike. Nowhere else have I seen such concrete understanding of basic franchise business principles and thorough working knowledge of mobile, social, and location-based thinking displayed in a concise and thought-provoking manner. The book is a unique guide into the true inner workings of a business and its efforts to use the latest in technology and tactics to stand out from the crowd. And it's not just theory. They've done it, proved it, and proved it yet again. The, there are case studies, and then there's this book. This is it. There you go. So if you want to understand it, and you don't want just one case study, you want to see a company who's doing it right, here you go. Read this there book. There are case studies, and then there is this book. That's what I said. Oh, yeah. I see. Man. <laughs> I'm going to get you to write a review for Untether.tv. There are case studies, and then there are reviews, and then there then there's this book. Now, uh, yeah, I... I, I this has been universally um, acknowledged from some of these heavyweights, luminaries like uh, Chuck Martin, who wrote uh, the Third Screen. Uh, did a, I was just looking for his book up here? It's a great book uh, by Chuck Martin. He wrote. He writes for uh, Media Post, and uh, he he talks about it the same way in that same glowing way. That listen, this is the first company that that basically invented the check in the. The uh, benefit for checking in, the mayor yeah. checking. We've all heard this story about uh, the, the disconnect between the digital world and check-ins and the and the real world at the cashier, where you know a, a happy person walked up to to a cashier at the Tasty Delight and said, "Hey, I'm the mayor," and the guy looked at him like he was crazy, right? We've all heard these yeah. anecdotes, and it's all from Tasty Delight, so it's worth a read. And uh, Chuck Martin agrees with Asif that this is something that everybody should should read. But I love. I mean, there's no nothing better than you know, there are case studies, and then there's this book. That is, a, that is the best, that right, is the best review ever. So uh, yeah. you can find out information about it. There's a website which is uh, Tasty Delight. Now that's T-A-S-T-I, the letter D, L-I-T-E dot com forward slash book. You'll get all the information, all the reviews, or you can just jump on Amazon and buy it right now. Uh, I don't know if it's on Audible, but uh, if it is, it's worth a listen. It is a uh, an Am on Amazon and an ebook, and uh, certainly on iBooks as well. So, tasty delight. I love it. Book reviews by Asif Khan. <laughs> there you say go. next time we got to yeah. bring the lights down. You can do a reading yes. with a British accent. Yes. You know what? We'll put it on SoundCloud. Yeah, exactly. How's that? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and full circle. <laughs> That's it. That's the show. That's episode number 94. Um, if there is something that we've missed, if there is something that you would like us to uh, include, if you'd like us to change something, if you'd like us to give you more of something, 10 stories, 15 stories, if you'd like to talk to us all day, if you'd like to, us to stream live, just what we do all day, reach out on tethergmail.com or cfatthelbma.com. We'd love to hear your comments, feedback, suggestions. And again, please, Go on to iTunes, give us a great rating, let us know, leave a comment, reach out by email, let us know that you've done that. We'll read this on the show. It's a great way, it's an easy way to get your company, your website, and you 
on our show. Really simple. Really simple. Just give us five stars. Is that is that? Uh, it's not too much. No, I was just thinking though. Is that like a bribe? Am I going to get in trouble for that? Hmm. <laughs> I don't care. Do it. See you next week for episode number ninety-five. Five away from hundred. Safe, safe travels, everybody else. Thanks for watching. Cheers. <laughs>